Welcome to the Ghost Tea Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Willow, a clairvoyant since childhood, paranormal investigator, and a witch. I'm going to apologize in advance because it is quite windy outside today, so you may hear that through the audio, and I apologize for that in advance. But today we're going to be talking about what happens to evil people after they die. This is a subject that I really want to go over today because I did a... I want to go over this topic because I did a one-minute TikTok replying to someone's question about this a week ago, and the TikTok kind of went a little bit viral. It didn't go viral viral, but it went viral enough to where I was like, whoa, there are a lot of one, misconceptions about what I said, and two, a lot of things that I want to clear up, as well as a lot of questions that people had about it. I reluctantly read through all of the 587 comments that were on that video to try to pick out some questions that I could answer on the podcast in more detail than I would be able to do in the comments section. So hopefully um, I'm able to answer some questions that you guys had about all of that kind of stuff that came up in the comments of that video. As always, before we jump into it, I want to remind you that everyone has different views on things and that's okay. I don't expect you to believe what I do. I just want to share what I've found in my personal path with others. I also want to mention that you should listen to this episode at your discretion because this episode will discuss mature subject matter, including but not limited to abuse, rape, murder, and pedophilia, and I advise you to listen at your own discretion. With that said, let's get into the tea. All right, so let's go over the basics. What happens to evil people after they die? I'm not going to talk about what happens after you die because I do go over that in a different episode, but I do want to go over what would happen to someone who had done or continued to do heinous things throughout their lifetime after they had passed. Essentially, they would go through the same scenario that everybody else would. They would pass from their physical body, they would be met by a guide or an angel or a death escort, as I call them. They would be there for any kind of family members or friends that needed to grieve, and then they would move on to the optional part of either passing over to the other side or staying within our realm in the kind of what a lot of people call quote-unquote limbo. Now, as I said before, our souls always have the choice of whether to pass over to the other side or stay within our realm, so they don't necessarily have to pass over. They can always choose to stay behind a little bit longer, or they can choose to pass over, and they would have the same kind of rights as anybody else, where they would be able to go back and forth as much as they please. However, I have found that a lot of the souls that are in that quote-unquote limbo state tend to be the ones that have felt that they've done things or a thing bad enough in their lifetime that they deserve to be punished on the other side. And because they haven't passed over yet, they'll still have their beliefs from when they were alive. So let's say they were part of the Christian religion where you go to hell if you've been a really bad person or you haven't confessed your sins or something like that. And they would still hold that belief if they had never crossed over to the other side. So that would cause them to have this fear of actually crossing over, which may cause them to hesitate and choose to stay within that quote unquote limbo state. 
Just like everybody else, they would meet up with past loved ones who had passed over before them. They would also meet up with past family pets or pets that they had that had passed over before them. They would also be met by their spirit team, so their spirit guides, their angels, um, their higher self, etc. And then once they have kind of their moment with those beings, they move on to the next step, which would be being greeted by the angels and the beings on the other side that kind of help sort the chaos of the other side, essentially. They would then be taken to the reviewal process. So what this means, and I kind of go over this in the What Happens After You Die uh, episode, but basically what this means is that they get a reviewal of what happened in their lifetime. From a third person point of view, they're able to review everything that happened in their lifetime. Uh, different situations they had, different experiences they had, etc. In addition to this, just like everybody else, they also are able to see how their actions and those situations that they were in and how it impacted them impacted the other people who were also involved in those situations. So for example, someone who was abusive to someone during their lifetime, they are able to see that situation of causing the abuse, but they're also able to understand and see and feel how those actions that they took against that other person made that other person feel and how that impacted them in their lifetime as well as that moment. After the reviewal process is done, this is when the talk with Lucifer takes place. Now, it's not always Lucifer. Lucifer is kind of the default for being the person that talks to the people after their reviewal. But this task isn't always given to Lucifer. Sometimes people are met with Anubis, sometimes they're met with Hecate, sometimes they're met with other deities and beings that are kind of the peacekeepers or the beings that bring justice, essentially. I'm trying to think of a better way to explain that, but that's the best explanation that I can think of. Now, this is a common thing in the reveal process. It's not specific to people who had been quote-unquote bad in their lifetime or evil. So everybody goes through this, but most people just go by unscathed because they haven't done anything that would really require an in-depth talk and discussion. However, if you've done heinous things, and by heinous, I mean murder uh, that is not consensual, and we'll go into that in a little bit, torturing for fun and pleasure without the consent of the other person or being involved. Essentially, any act that would be intended to hurt, maim, or seriously injure or traumatize another being or animal with the intent to do that and not as an accident. I want to make that really clear because a lot of people from that video were going into the comments saying, oh, this is why all of these bad things have happened to me in my lifetime because I was a bad person in a lifetime before. And, uh, no, but that is something that I'll get into later into the podcast. So essentially, they have this conversation with this being that is helping them to go over everything that happened in that lifetime and why it happened. Now, there are going to be scenarios where two souls decide to have a situation happen to where they're able to make something happen that causes other things to fall in succession. So it's kind of a domino effect 
from this one scenario and they have to have that scenario play out in order for that one thing to happen. So what I mean by that is let's say that someone is murdered in someone's family and obviously it's a very traumatic situation. It's a very painful situation for the family members left behind. But by that person passing away in that way, they cause their family members to have certain experiences or certain wants that they continue forward with that they wouldn't have had that situation not happened. So for example, they might start a campaign to make it to where there's stricter laws for murderers. They might make it to where there are more support groups for people who have had people pass from murder. Scenarios that may not play out that way had that family not had their family member pass away through murder. So in a case where two souls had consensually agreed to have a scenario play out like that, like one would be the murderer, one would be the victim, there wouldn't necessarily be any kind of repercussions for the murderer because it had been consensual, even if it wasn't consensual on the human side of things. However, just like everybody else, all souls have optional paths that we can take within our lifetimes. There are certain set experiences that we're going to have within our lifetimes that all of our different scenario paths and all our, of our different optional paths lead to, but within those optional paths, there are also optional experiences. So obviously where there's going to be chaotic good, there's going to be chaotic bad. Chaotic bad being that maybe they decide to wake up one day and just kill someone. In that case, although that scenario would include another soul, that was an optional path and wasn't set in stone as something that was a definite to happen, which would mean that the other soul involved wasn't necessarily completely consensual in that experience. So going off of that scenario, that the experience for those souls was not consensual, what would happen to the soul of the perpetrator? After going through the reviewal process, when they go through the talk with whatever being that they're talking to, whether that's Lucifer or another being, that being will ask that soul why they made the decision to do that. Because once you pass over to the other side, your soul knows exactly why you did everything in your lifetime. It knows exactly what your plan was and what you intended to experience and is not experiencing emotions the same way that it would in human form. So it's not a question of whether they're going to understand why they did it, because they will just understand why they made that decision, even if they didn't understand why they did it when they were a human. After their reasoning is discussed, then they go over the different options they have of kind of leveling the scales, if you will, quote unquote. This could also be what other people consider karma. So the soul could go on to experience a different lifetime and choose to experience a lot of bad situations over their lifetime that would ultimately be somewhat equal to what they caused another to feel in a past lifetime. Or they may choose to experience the same thing that a victim in that lifetime had experienced from them. Sometimes that perpetrator has already had something or had things happen within that lifetime that they experienced with that victim that have kind of repaid that debt. So there isn't much for them to experience as in leveling the scales, if you will. 
So essentially, once they make the agreement of how they're going to quote unquote repay that debt, if they haven't somehow repaid it within that past lifetime, then they choose to experience those things and they go in to reincarnate into the next lifetime. And that's pretty much the gist of it. It's not really super complicated, um, although this subject has obviously brought up a lot of questions. So let's go ahead and dive into those questions and see if I can't answer some of them. One of the questions that came up was, does quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad exist? This is a good question because technically it doesn't. There are obviously actions that are kind of frowned upon from spirit, but essentially the way that human life and incarnations are seen from the other side is kind of like virtual realities. And I hate to compare it to that because I think that that can sometimes be damaging for people to be like, oh, well, my actions in this lifetime don't really matter. They do, but they also don't. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that you're learning soul lessons through something that doesn't ultimately hurt your soul in any way. It just hurts the character that you play within that game. Our human self or our incarnated self being that quote-unquote character that we're playing. So although you may get stabbed in one of your quote-unquote games, your soul self that is quote-unquote playing that game isn't going to get stabbed as well. They're just going to be able to end that kind of level that they're experiencing and start a new level and start the game over to be able to try to have the scenario turn out differently. So essentially good and bad does exist within that game, but it doesn't necessarily exist on the other side because we understand why certain things happen. Maybe while playing that game, as we were describing it before, your soul self realizes that when they go down a certain pathway during a level, they get stabbed. And if they take a different pathway, then they don't get stabbed. So in the next time that they reincarnate into that game, they just don't take that same pathway. They realize that certain actions are going to yield certain results. But your soul self also realizes that if you don't experience certain boss fights within a game, you'll never be able to get past a certain level. You have to go through the same entry point or exit point of that level in order to beat it. So taking an optional path to not get stabbed during that level would be like an optional path within our lifetime. It's not necessary for us to have that experience in order to win that level, so we can simply avoid it. But there are certain experiences, which would be our set experiences, that we need to go through in order to get past that level, and there's no going around it. All of our paths are ultimately going to lead back to that central point. So there is quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad in everything. A bad situation can yield good results, and a good situation can yield bad results. It is all kind of a matter of perspective and how we view something. So let's get into one of the other questions. The other question was, what do you mean by consensual? And I did kind of go over this, but basically it just means that both souls in that scenario have decided before they incarnated in that lifetime that they were going to be the victim and or the perpetrator. So it would be that the murderer had decided that they were going to be the murderer of this victim 
and before they had incarnated together, they were likely part of the same soul family and had decided, hey, um, I need you to kill me in this lifetime because I need the people around me in this lifetime to have this experience so that they can do what they need to do in order to attain these things, but they won't be able to attain those if I don't die. So can you do this for me? And then they would go about doing that. Also, apparently, the crows have a say in this matter, so thank you for your input. Um, That was very greatly appreciated. Another question was, what do they mean when they say the talk with Lucifer? I kind of already went over that, but someone also had a question about if Lucifer isn't bad, why does he punish? So he doesn't actually really punish. Um, The beings that talk to you about your review process and why you made the decisions in your life that you did aren't there to punish you. They're there to bring clarity and understanding and kind of help you look at the map of your lifetime and make sure that you were able to have the experiences that you wanted to have within that lifetime. It's kind of like a project overseer. They come in after the project is pretty much done and they're like, okay, so you had this done, this done, this done, and you said that you wanted to attain that. And was that something that you were able to do? And you're like, oh, actually, I didn't really get around to that. And you're like, okay, well, what can we do in our next project to address that so that that's not going to be left behind next time? And that's definitely not punishing. It's more of helping you to realize what it is that you were able to achieve in that lifetime and what it was that you didn't and how you were able to achieve that in a next lifetime if you so choose to have that experience again. Another question is what is considered evil, which I believe I went through earlier, so I'm not going to go over that. Another question was, would the evil person only be punished in the next lifetime rather than the current one? So no, they could have experiences within that same lifetime that would kind of, like I said, repay that debt, essentially, quote unquote. Um, But it might not be the exact same scenario. Like they might not get murdered within that same lifetime. They might. Um, But essentially, they could have something or some things happen that would kind of quote unquote repay that debt before they passed over, which would mean that they wouldn't really have the same need to balance the scales essentially um, that I was talking about before in the next lifetime. Someone also said within the comments, so the bad things that have happened in my life are because I did bad things or was a bad person in another life. No, (laughs) I know that this is not going to be something that everybody understands and that's okay because it took me a long time to understand this concept myself. Although we have situations that happen in our lifetime where we are considered victims, Essentially, in the grand scheme of things, we are never actually necessarily a victim. Before we incarnate into our lifetimes, we decide what we want to have happen in those lifetimes. And we're able to decide, like I said, the major points that we have happen during our lifetime. Um, But then we have all these optional paths. And like I said, during one of those optional paths, there can be that chaotic bad that happens. And that would genuinely be just a kind of victim situation because there's not really a way for your soul to be like, yes, that's definitely going to happen and I consent to that situation happening. And yet it would be in one of those optional paths that 
would be a scenario that could happen. So you kind of are the victim, but also aren't. However, I in no way want someone to assume that I am victim blaming. I think that victims have every right to feel upset and feel violated and feel um, angry or sad or upset or whatever they are feeling about the things that happen in their lives. I myself am a victim of sexual assault, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, and rape. And I would never in a million years want anybody to feel that what they are experiencing is invalid because I do think that experiences that we have and how we process them is personal. And I have no say in how someone should or shouldn't experience their emotions or process those emotions or process those situations that happen. However, I also understand that by making the decisions on the soul level before I incarnated here to have those experiences, I became who I am today. And I honestly don't think that I would be who I am today without those experiences happening. Would I want those experiences to happen again? Absolutely not. I definitely would rather not have those happen again or go through it again. But I'm also kind of thankful that I did experience that because I'm able to sympathize with people who have gone through similar experiences or the same experience as me and able to kind of help them through their processing of their experiences um, by having gone through that myself. But there are some days that I'm like, wow, um, that was a really shitty situation. And I just feel like I shouldn't have had that happen. And it is that victim mindset, which is okay to have because you are a victim in that situation. You didn't expect it to happen. And on a human level, you are a victim because you didn't consent to it happening. On a soul level, You're never really a victim, though, because you know that it's going to happen, but you are a victim in a human sense, and that's okay, and that is all right to label yourself as a victim or not a victim. It depends on how you feel about that situation and what helps you to process and move on from that or process and live with that. But I also think it's really important to, going back to this statement that was made, um, You are not experiencing all of the bad things that have happened in your life because you were bad in a lifetime before. Just because you were sexually abused as a child doesn't mean that you were a pedophile in a past life. It's not that at all. Sometimes you decide as a soul to have those experiences even though you've never had the opposite of that in a past lifetime because you choose to have that in order to become who you need to be in a lifetime in order to achieve the things that you want to achieve. So it's definitely not a guarantee that just because you're having hard experiences or difficult experiences or painful experiences in this lifetime, that you were bad in a past lifetime. Because sometimes you just choose on a soul level to have those experiences. And it made me so sad to see all that self-hatred in the comments because I was like, no, 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 you're not understanding what I'm trying to say. But it's very hard to address that in a one minute TikTok. So I'm glad I'm able to go through it a little bit more thoroughly in this episode. And there was another comment that I wanted to address where someone said this is damaging for anyone interpreting this as, oh, I got raped because I was evil in the past. No, that's bullshit. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, it, it, it can be bullshit. Sometimes you do experience those things in this lifetime because from 
your soul perspective, you wanted to kind of even the score from a past, you know, lifetime that you had. And maybe you wanted to experience rape in this lifetime because you had been the rapist in a past lifetime. That is possible. But that isn't always the case. Like I said before, sometimes it's something that your soul chooses for you to experience because you know that it's going to result in you becoming a certain person that you wouldn't have become without that experience. Another question that came through in the comments was, what if someone does bad things but feels remorseful and does their best to correct that mistake during their lifetime? This is a really good point to bring up. That is absolutely possible. I think that if you do your best to correct that situation within that lifetime that you're living, I do think that that evens the scale. Obviously, with some things, they just aren't necessarily forgivable within this lifetime. But you being remorseful of it and trying to do your best to correct it, although you're not able to fix what happened or amend what happened, by making the best effort to be a better person and to not have that happen again, I believe that in a spiritual sense, that would mean that you wouldn't necessarily have to have the same kind of results happen in order to even the score or level the scales in a next lifetime because you had done your best to amend that situation from that lifetime that you had been living. And the last question that I wanted to go over that someone brought up in the comments was, is killing yourself considered bad or evil? And I want to make it super clear that no, it is not. There are times that our souls just don't feel that they're able to go any further. And suicide can or doesn't always have to be something that your soul plans on or is premeditated or is preplanned before you incarnate into that lifetime. Sometimes a soul will incarnate knowing that they will never live past 20 years old because they'll kill themselves. Other times it will always just be an optional path that our soul can take to kind of quote unquote opt out. In any video game you're playing, you always have the option to just end the game. You're not forced to finish it. And that is essentially what I'm trying to say is that throughout your lifetime, you always have that option of just quote unquote ending the game, but sometimes you just have enough drive to be able to continue on. And quitting the game isn't necessarily something that people would be like, oh, you're a quitter, you did something evil, you did something bad. No, it's just because they don't feel that they have the power or the ability to continue on without having to prepare a little bit before they go through that game again. And that's okay. I have known people who have um, killed themselves and I would never see them as evil or bad or as lazy or as people who were just looking for an easy out. I don't think that it's necessarily an easy out. Um, I have experienced suicidal ideation uh, myself and I know that as someone who's experienced that from a person experiencing that feeling, as well as someone who has had people in my life commit suicide. Um, I don't hold any kind of grudge against that person. I don't think of them as weak in any way. I definitely feel sympathy for them because I know what it's like to feel that you have no other options and that you cannot move forward and that you do not have the strength to move forward. So No. And answering that question, no, I don't consider it bad or evil um, in any way. 
But with all of that said, I know that this was kind of a longer episode and I hope that you were able to stick with me through it. And I hope that I was able to answer some questions that you had about um, this subject. I know that obviously this isn't a comprehensive list of things that we could talk about on this subject. So obviously if you have any questions, feel free to send them my way so that I can do my best to address them. But at the very least, I just hope that this was able to bring some clarity for you on this subject and hopefully able to answer some of the questions that you already had. Um, But regardless, I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. I hope that this brought some peace or some understanding for some of you. And um, if you're looking to book a session with me, you can do so through my website by joining a wait list. Um, Just go to the services page, go to sessions and readings and join the wait list from there. Um, But as always, please stay curious, stay safe, and keep learning. We're all on this journey together, and we're all just figuring it out. So I hope that we can all show each other some compassion, um, even if we don't always see eye to eye. I hope you all have a great day, and I will talk to you again soon.